The DeFalco Files is an entertainment-based program. Some memories of certain events might be fuzzy. All opinions are that of the host. Content might not be appropriate for children and some adults. Listener discretion is advised. And remember, the truth is here. Vegas Bad Boys of Podcasting presents The DeFalco Files with FSW owner Joe DeFalco and your host, Matt Michaels. Hey everybody, it's Matt Michaels here on The DeFalco Files with the owner and creator of Future Stars of Wrestling, FSW here in Las Vegas, Mr. Joe DeFalco. Joe, it was a little busy a weekend for you guys with uh, Impact Wrestling in town, huh? Yeah, I was so tired. I just uh, took a nap right before this started. I was so tired. So, uh, you know, would uh, Rocky T, uh, would he kind of uh, argue the fact that, yeah, Joe was there for the day, but Rocky did all the heavy lifting. Is that correct? Is that how it goes over there? Yeah, without a doubt. You know, twice a year, uh, two to three days, you know, he puts in all the work. <laughs> um, I'm sure I'm sure Rocky at some point is going to want his own show so he can counter uh, some of these ideas here. Uh, I think so. he's got him. He's, o- he's always filming videos for something. So, you know. Um, with that, uh, you know, Jay Vidal returned uh, for the first time uh, as an Impact uh, signed wrestler and uh, Chris Bay ended up winning the tag team titles in Samstown, which was huge for him, being that it's, you know, kind of uh, his home arena for uh, the shows that you guys put on at FSW. That right, he was not. It was weird. I was wondering, because he was talking about how he used to help set up the ring there, and I was wondering what other company he worked for that uh, he was setting up the ring for, but it was like, hey, you know, I'm not sure. <laughs> um, what does it make you feel when you see, uh, you know, those types of accomplishments, especially, you know, being in front of the hometown crowd, um, is it, does it make it that much more special for the guys, of course, I would assume, but also for you guys and knowing that, you know, the hard work for these guys paid off and you guys are behind them getting to this level? Well, you know, I'm not going to blow smoke, but Impact's always my favorite time when they come out because, when Ring of Honor would come out, you would talk to a few people that you knew. But, you know, other than the very first time, they didn't use the ring, so they used the guardrails. And, and we were really a minor part of everything. But, yeah. like, we're there the entire time when Impact's there. And then you look at the roster, and the roster is pretty much more guys that we've used than we didn't use in, right. in our lifetime of FSW. So no matter where you turn, it's like, Hey, there's Trey Miguel. Hey, Joe, how you doing? Sammy, you know, Callahan, Rhino, like a guy I barely knew. And he would always, hey, Joe, blah, blah, blah. Chris Saban, nicest guy in the world, you know? And it's just like it's one after the other. And then because of Bay, now Ace Austin has is, is become very friendly. And believe me, uh, I'm already getting the Ace Austin Bullet Club. Uh, uh, when's the next Mecca Chris Bay wants to know? You know, I think he wants to be a double champion. You know, I think the Bullet Club wants to be challenging for the FSW tag belts. 
you know, real soon, you know? So it's like, you got that. Jimmy Jacobs, always pleasant. You know, Josh Matthews, always nice to me. And even uh, upstairs when Hosey was doing the thing, my favorite moment was when, you know, I saw, I saw D'Lo, of course, and the Godfather I worked with for years. And it's like when a guy like Sabu, hey, Joe, and I saw him like the week before, and it was like, you know, you always forget he talks, Sabu. So it's right. like it's right. kind of crazy. But it was like Rikishi, like calling me over, hey, Joe, Joe, let's take a picture. We'll send it to Sefa. You know what I mean? And it's like, you know, you're in with these people that are WWE Hall of Famers, people who've been in the business for 20 or 30 years, and yeah. they, they treat you with such respect, you know. I grew up just being a wrestling fan and thinking, hey, this would be nice to do a radio show. Hey, I could maybe do a local wrestling show. And now 14 years later, it's like there's so many guys we've trained that have gone on to the big time, Chris Bay. And now Jay Vidal, you know, is, is the next one, you know, in that impact lineage. Of, you know, we got the WWE stars and, of course, with Sefa, Solo, Sokoa. You know, he's he's a main event guy, carrying Cross, uh, Zoe Stark in NXT, and then guys like LA Knight and Brian Cage, who we've used since 2009. And of course, Kenny, who I've known since like 1999. Right. And it's like all these guys, and it's like everybody knows who FSW is because these guys have, have really helped expand our brand, you know. As Brian Cage would say, you know, Joe's my favorite promoter who pays me the least amount of money of anybody I know, you know, and, 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 you know, not a lot of people are going to work for somebody for far less money, but he liked working for FSW in the time. He liked coming to Vegas. He didn't live here at the time. Right. And he knew he was going to be treated well. He knew what I told him. Hey, this is the number. This is what I can do. You know, hey, I can get your room. Hey, I can take you to the protein house. You know, that was always included in Brian Cage's rate because he knew he was getting under charge. But I know, I don't know, in the back end, he might have like ordered $60 worth of food, which might have ended up being more than what his rate would have been if I would have paid him his regular rate. But, you know, now it's lifelong friendships. You know, I could, I could yeah. hit him up. Hey, what's going on? He's like, hey, when's the next Mecca? And it's like, hey, what do you think? Uh, uh, how about my wife introduce uh, our match? And it's like, you know, I knew she was always good, but, you know, when I heard it the other day, it's like, man, she she's fantastic. Yeah. And, like, getting the opportunity, you know, other promoters don't get that. And, you know, it, it's, it's being a nice person and dealing with people the way you want to be treated. And, it, and it's great to have the, the wrestling community so when they come out, you know, it isn't a burden. It's like, oh, cool. We get to see Joe. I haven't seen Joe in a while. And, I, and I'm the same way where it's like, hey, I get to see these guys that I see twice a year. And then hopefully, you know, another two times a year when I use them. You know, yeah. we did the impact tryouts. You know, Moose came in and I never realized, wow, this is a super cool dude. You know, yeah. I remember we did that first tryout and he was screaming for Hammerstone. You got to sign this guy because he had wrestled them at uh, the Mecca with uh, Jushin Liger. And then we're sitting at the show this weekend, and who's there? Scorpio Sky. And, yeah. you know, it was the flashbacks of him dressed as Apollo Creed right before Apollo Creed's coming out. And he wrestled Chris Bay and really put him on the map. 
And, you know, he had wrestled for us for a few times and always, you know, sky super cool dude. And and the opportunity to see people, you know, back in the day, it used to be like the CAC, but the CAC became a place where it's like, I go there to see more people that I can't stand than people I liked. So I kind of stopped going to it. Plus when we helped them out and we did the show at our school, but you know, going to impact, you know, you're going to see a bunch of people <clears throat> that you enjoy seeing. And yeah. you can't always say that in this business. So, yeah, no, absolutely. Um, pretty successful weekend for them. So that was nice to see. Uh, you have coming up here this Saturday, the 4th of March um, at uh, the FSW arena. You have a high octane and uh, you know, this, this is going to air on Friday. So, you pretty much have everything set. What uh, can the fans expect? I know the big, uh, I would assume it's the main event, is Ice putting uh, his title online against Nick Xander, correct? Yes, that will uh, be the main event. Uh, the two guys in the Battle Royal last uh, week and a half ago, uh, Jimmy Jack and Eldon Finau, will get a singles match. A former MK Army associate, Juicy, and Guy who's been hot since he became part of the MK Army, Kevin Koa. So that that's an, a, an exciting big match. Uh, we got another one of Rikishi's boys uh, coming out, Jake Painter. He'll be making his debut. He's going to be taking on Blair Brody. So that's a match that we hadn't announced yet. Most people are not aware who Jake Painter is. So we also have the ongoing sagas. Uh, Danny Limelight will be there. Jacob Austin Young, who's the number one contender. Uh, Bodie, who helped Jacob Austin Young beat Danny Limelight. Uh, unfortunately, no Matt Vandergriff or Jay Vidal in that situation. Uh, Class will be there with his uh, his half-brother, Devin Reno. Uh, Remy Marcel, who's had his issues with them, uh, will be on hand also. So we got a lot going on, you know. We're, we're excited about it. The Mecca's coming up at the end of March. Uh, this is airing Friday. Tickets will be on sale this afternoon. And, you, you know, we got the two main matches. Uh, Chris Bay will defend the Mecca Grand Championship against John Morrison. And Gregory Sharp will defend the Nevada State Championship against uh, TJP, TJ Perkins. So we're looking forward to nice. that. Uh, going back to Saturday... Uh, I guess there was some miscommunication on the part of Sky High and uh, Fresco and Watson are going to defend the tag titles. And it was going to be in a four-way matchup uh, against the regulators, Sky High, and a fourth team. So we're still figuring out what we're going to do in that situation. Uh, The regulators will be there as well as Fresco and Watson. So whether we make it a three-way match or a four-way, you know, still in the process of deciding where we're going to go in that situation. Suavecitos haven't uh, put themselves in the match yet? Uh, They're unavailable. Brett the Threat's unavailable. Uh, They're they're all booked. uh, uh, Brett and Suavecitos are working West Coast Pro. West Coast Pro, yeah. You know, we we also have uh, Future Shock on – the week after on the Friday, which would be March 10th, uh, Chris Nasty makes his debut, another Santino oh. guy who yeah. had been injured and he just came back. 
Uh, Remy's put him over huge. I, I know, I know of him very well. I uh, haven't seen his work, but he'll be there. Uh, we have uh, a newcomer from Arizona who comes up with the crew. She'll be making her FSW debut, Zamaya. She's going to wrestle um, Alice Blair. And one of the main matches, intergender match. Matt Vandergriff and Johnny Robbie will be on Future Shock. Nice. So we're, we're kind of looking forward uh, to that matchup. So there, there's three matches set on that one. Uh, there we go. Oh. And trying to avenge uh, the loss of his uh, his buddy Brandon G, Ricky Tenacious will wrestle one on one against the former ref AJ. So oh. those are three of the matches uh, that are set for Future Shock. But we also got a lot of people that are interested in coming up and you know possibly being used along the way. So you know we're going to start putting together that card. For this weekend, you know, as well as the youngsters, a lot of the the FSW regulars are looking for opportunities. So, so yeah, we got we got a busy month of March. You know, we got three shows coming up in 22 days. So, you know, we've gotten good news. Uh, I talked with the Silverton. Uh, I've locked in, hopefully, our anniversary show on uh, June 18th. Okay, and. Also looking to make sure it's good, but our Against All Odds show in August, or Survival of the Fittest, I don't know which one's in August, but August 20th, uh, we're looking at 20th or 27th, trying to do the 20th, so we said once they lock in, uh, we'll go to contract, and then we have a third date that we'd probably hold off on. We're also looking at a casino show on April 30th with the Silverton Unavailable. Uh, we would probably do it over at Silver Nugget. And then, yeah. of course, in May, you know, we have a lot of combinations of stuff. Still trying to find the venue for uh, GCW on that Saturday, AEW weekend, because the Nugget's booked, as is the Silverton. So, uh -huh. you know, worst comes to worst. Uh, I talked to the people, the Observer. I talked to Ed in San Antonio. They'll run the Saturday at the FSW Arena. Uh, we'll run the Future Legends Tournament Thursday at the FSW Arena. Uh, Sunday at 12 noon, we'll run FSW GCW2 at the arena. Uh, we're also trying to see if we could fit in a late Friday night, maybe a Natural Born Killers event. Sure. Uh, with, you know, a lot of the, the guys that are going to be around and, you know, utilize them, Tom Lawler. Uh, he's, always, he's always up for an NBK event. And, you know, a lot of people have been asking me and I've been talking with guys like, you know, Mike Bailey, who uh, has been, you know, him and Kenny King supposedly killed it. You know, I didn't see the uh, the pit match that they had, but there's a lot of guys that are throwing their, you know, their names in the hat. Obviously, a Graves, you know, you think of a TJP who yeah. has done that. Jeff Cobb, if he's not in Japan, always want to use Jeff. Yeah. So, you know, we, we can load up that NBK. Who knows? Maybe John Moxley wants a second go around, you know. <sighs> well, it's going to be here harder. already. Yeah, I was, I was going to say, it's a little harder for him to usually now do it, just show up. So, you know, now that he lives in Cleveland. So, yeah, since he's already here. And, and you know, that crazy guy would 
yeah, he would just show up uh, just to bleed. So <laughs> exactly. Uh, <laughs> when you uh, when you're looking at um, that weekend, and you're trying to put together all these logistical things, uh, realistically for you, how do you decide? Because there are going to be so many different events, um, what is the best utilization of your roster for each event? I mean, obviously, natural born killers would be a different thing because it's the style is different. But when you're looking at, um, let's say, the GCW matchup or you know uh, other shows that you would be putting on, how do you look at utilizing? some of the talent and is there a particular things guys can do to potentially get on one of those shows that weekend? Well, again, it, it, it's all about the matchups. You know, I remember doing the last one that we did and we kind of did a FSW GCW scramble, you know, and, and who would think that you would see a match that had Graves, Gregory Sharp and Jimmy Lloyd on the other side, you know, and, yeah. There was a bunch of different guys, and Remy wrestled Atticus Koger, who's not with them anymore. But, and, you know, we had the marquee matchup. Obviously, you want, when I think of FSW GCW, I want it to be similar to a Mecca. So I want the guys who have that brand recognition as much as possible, obviously, on the FSW side. Like talking about that weekend, a Danny Limelight. He's never had that opportunity. Like to, he'd like to be in on it. Of course, we would. He, you know, he's the No Limits champion. A guy right. like Jay Vidal, a guy like Matt Vandergriff, they've already worked for GCW. They can right. easily fit into that kind of mix. Uh, obviously, a Funny Bone, a Cody. If we're going to do some kind of hardcore matches, and basically right. the crew. And you know, if we can't get it done, maybe you know, unfortunately. You know, Nick Wayne's going to be out of the country. But, you know, we've been really trying to get that Nick Wayne Bodie match. Right. And from seeing what GCW has, a Billy Starks will be out here. Uh, probably an Alley Catch will be out here. So we would probably want to make sure that Viva Van got a match in that situation. A Maserati gets a match in that situation. And you right. want your people that have, have have carried the flag for a very long time. So first off, you want the ones who've carried the flag who are now making waves elsewhere. Right. So you, you got that, that, that group of guys. Then you got the guys that have been around forever and they're doing great things. And, and the Gregory Sharps, Jacob Austin Youngs, Remy Marcells, Cutthroat Cody's, Funny Bone, been around forever. You know, you you want to get them in there. Because they do have brand recognition of being FSW guys, yeah. you know. It, you know, it's not really a show that it's like, "Hey, this is the show for the very first time." I want to use Primo Henio on. Obviously, right. we're using him now, but that wouldn't right. be when I would make his debut at an FSW GCW show. Right. Same thing what we did with FSW versus Revolver. You know, we mixed and matched. And got some people and death proof weren't our tag team champions, but we felt they were the best representation of our top tag team, even though they weren't the tag champs. So right. even though the tag champs were TBD, they didn't get on that event. Right. And, you know, 
it's making sure the right people get in there. Obviously, there's certain things uh, Cody wanted a death match. Well, Jake Boston Young doesn't want to work death matches. And, you know, he worked in something else. And Funny Bone and Cody did their thing. And, you know, Funny Bone's big in the Legos. And and Cody was good with the light tube. So (coughs) it ended up being uh, an extremely hardcore match. But you notice Funny Bone didn't run out into the alleyway uh, to get in the way of any light tubes to protect Cody. Nope. Not at all. <laughs> Smart man. <laughs> he, he let Cody take the uh, uh, the brink of that. Yeah, brunt, um, the brunt of that. Yeah, the brink, the brunt, every every word that uh, sounds nasty. Uh, when you look at guys like that, uh, you know Cody obviously had that opportunity. Is there another guy uh, that you would think of that? Um, outside of Funny Bone and Cody, who would be that next up in terms of if there was a hardcore realm type match that you would possibly see them participating in something like that? Uh, someone that we use on a regular basis? Uh, yeah. I'm not really sure I could think of anybody right now. Uh, maybe Maserati. That's what I was thinking too. That's what I was wondering. Because I think that would be very interesting to see what what she would do. She obviously uh, doesn't cringe at the sight of blood. No, no, and she and she's taken probably some of the most brutal, you know, for the last what four years or so. Just from being a valet all the way through being a wrestler, she's taken some of the most nasty shots straight on and she's got a lot of balls and has no problem doing it um you know is that is that something uh that even if it was uh you know a mixed match an intergender match or something like that um that could possibly be you know an opportunity for her to kind of because we know she's been getting a lot of spotlight uh throughout you know the country and and uh outside of the country too now um you know, to, to just kind of showcase a talent like Maserati, who's put in some of the best uh, effort over the last few years in terms of growing herself as a pro wrestler. You, you know, the, the thing is, it's, it, it's hard because there's always going to be people you want on a certain show that might not get on the show sure. because you're mixing, you're matching, you're trying to do things. Uh, you know, even on the last show, when we did it, the initial plan was for a lava lounge with Disco Inferno uh, to be interviewing Ricky Morton, which would lead to Ricky Morton laying out Disco as always, because everybody lays out Disco. Well, Ricky Morton, you know, worked the GCW show on the Saturday, but he he had an event in North Carolina, so he flew out late Saturday night and he was gone by Sunday. So when we're putting together the card, as I had to let Effie know the other day when I saw him a couple weeks ago, like everybody was under the impression that Joe was the one who put Effie with Disco Inferno. And it was like, no, that was Brett. Like he let me book everything. And I was booking Jay Vidal versus Effie. And now I had to figure something for Disco. He's like, well, what about Disco Inferno versus Effie? And I'm like, I don't know, you know, because, you know, there's some people that uh, 
don't appreciate uh, Disco Inferno's humor, sarcasm, opinions, whatever you want to call it. And I remember when that match got announced, boy, I'll tell you, there was more likes and dislikes on any match on that card than the Effie Disco Inferno one. And they couldn't believe Effie's going to wrestle this guy and the things that the statements he has said. And, you know, being professional wrestling is what it is. That match had more heat than any match on that entire show. Disco right. came out and cut a promo and, and buried the GCW fan base. Right. Effie came in and Effie protected the GCW fan base. So there was so much behind that match. And again, it ain't going down as match of the year, but it went down as one of the most entertaining matches on that show. And yeah. when Effie won, the crowd erupted. And what's funny was like Disco, after I saw him at the end of the show, he's like, oh man, I didn't realize how good he was on a promo. And, you know, Effie, Effie impressed Disco Inferno, you know? Yeah. And it's like, I get it. People have their thoughts. They have their values. They have their opinions. They, you know, and sometimes unless you know exactly what's going on, sometimes things are said, misconstrued, taken out of context, whatever it is. You know, I've known Disco for a long time, and I've never heard him have a problem with anyone based on their faith, religion, you know, preferences anything like that. And, you know, you go to the FSW training facility when Disco was training and everybody liked him and his training. And again, Disco's not the most, hey, everybody, it's Disco, I'm here. It's like, he's kind of a, uh, you know, mild-mannered kind of dude. But when you talk to him, he opens up and anybody who took the time to introduce themselves and have a conversation with disco was like, Oh, we love disco. You know, everybody loves disco. And, you know, he's made a career on the keeping it 100 with Conan and stuff, but he's that guy who never hated. He's not that old time wrestler that hates the new school wrestling. You know, I had numerous conversations before the young bucks were in AEW. you know, just in the ring of honor. And he would talk about stuff. And the one thing that he kept doing in training was strikes and selling. That's all he cared about was if you can't throw a punch, throw a European uppercut. You can't, you know, sell a little, make something meaningful. And he loves the Young Bucks. Whether he loves them right now, I don't know. But he isn't like, oh, man, back in my day. He understands all he wants And I remember everybody used to get pissed off when me and Disco did commentary because they felt he was condescending and he was brutally honest, which to them wasn't brutally honest. He was an asshole. Yeah. Plain and simple. You know, and it was like, I remember back in the day, just offhand, and it would be like Eddie Guardado and Cutthroat Cody at the time, Crash Test Cody, out of shape, you know. Fans love him. And I remember we were on the CW. And when you look back, there was a lot of younger guys that were nowhere near ready. When you're saying, hey, future stars are wrestling, if you turn it on during a certain match, you're like, 
holy shit, this guy's fucking terrible. That means you're never going to watch it again. You're not going to watch the rise of a Hammerstone right. or a Chris Bay or a Cross. You see Future Stars of Wrestling and you see two fucking schlubs in the ring. You're not giving it another shot next week right. or even the next match. And I remember it was like, I think it was that match too, Eddie and, and Cody. And it was like, oh, look at this one. This is a main event of any, uh, I don't know if we said Farmhouse or Bingo Hall, you know, in the United States or whatever. And people got offended by him. He's burying the talent. And it's like, well, be good enough. You know, act like you're a professional wrestler. And when things were good, Disco would put you over strong. And and I remember one time, I think it was, uh, it was a team out of SoCal. They were wrestling. If I remember correctly, it was Jacob Boston Young. And either it was when he was teaming with Romero or uh, this Tristan K. Ali'i who came in. And I don't think it was him because I thought Jake went and did his own thing and, and Greg came up. But I remember Jacob Boston Young was in the match. And, you know, he just kept going on and on about these guys, you know, the fortitude and and, and the, their, their, the power of being able – to withstand this punishment and come right back and basically not sell for anything. Right. You know, (laughs) and it was similar. We did a show in Arizona one time and it was like the opening match, eight man tag. And it was like super kick, no sell super kick, super kick like six times. And before the match was over, Kenny was already halfway, halfway down the entrance of the ring guardrails are in the thing. It was in Benson, Arizona. Uh, and Kenny went there and was screaming his fucking head off, you know? And, and, and that's what it's about guys to understand and learn. And it was just funny how, you know, disco Inferno would be that guy in class, but, and he would never bury anybody in class. Like, Oh, you suck. You didn't do this, that he, he was trying to teach. You know, right. he understands when cameras are on, when things are rolling. You know, what's, what is he going to say that he wants to be the heel? He doesn't want to be the cool heel. He doesn't want to be light. He right. wants to start. He wants to stir the controversy. And, you know, and, and that's what he did. It, in all honesty, it's, it's disappointing that Disco's not around. I know he got banged up a little, hasn't been wrestling at all. He's like, Talked to him a couple weeks ago, and he was like, hey, yeah, you know, I could probably do a match, but he's kind of chilling out. And it's like, he's not being paid enough to get hurt in a match. And, you know, he's kind of beyond that, you know. Still like to have him come and train. Like, he was down there with Rey Mysterio uh, a couple weeks ago. You know, Chris Bay took the picture. He's all excited. You know, he was hoping that uh, Rey was going to hire him to take out Dominic, but I guess it didn't work out. So, you know, we'll, we'll see where that lies. But, you know, uh, I'll tell everybody, Disco Inferno was a great asset to our, our training center and helped a lot of guys. You know, go at Clutch and Sugar Brown, you know, as great as Kenny and Sin and all these guys are, you know, how great, who their favorite trainer was. And a lot of people will say Disco. Yeah. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> For, for you, with uh, 
you know, when you when you look at um, what you have going on on Saturday night, is there a particular uh, match that stands out to you in which uh, the fans uh, should kind of look out for that maybe they, uh, you know, aren't aware of that that could potentially be uh, something that could be a good matchup? Um, you know, obviously Ice and, and Nick is the, uh, you know, the main event, but is there any of the, uh, you know, the other matches that you mentioned that uh, kind of are raising your eyebrows to go, well, kind of interested to see on this matchup. Well, I'm definitely interested to see uh, Kevin Koa and Juicy. Uh, Koa's a guy who slid under the radar. He came out a lot and was never disappointed. He may have been disappointed, but he'd come in and he didn't allow, let's just say, the disappointment of, hey, I'm not using you. Hey, I'm not using you. And he would still come down. Hey, what do you need? Do you need anything? Can I help? You know, I'll do whatever you need. And a spot arose here, a spot arose there. And as I said, he was not the initial guy to put in the MK Army. But the guy who was supposed to be didn't show up. You know, he messaged me 45 minutes before the show. But it was like, oh, this is more, this is the second or third occasion that you've had other things in life. And I get it. You got things in life. I understand. But I'm trying to do something on a show that as a wrestler, you're not able to do. So what I'm going to do, just wait around for you, or I'm going to take another guy who is eager for an opportunity. And Koa took the opportunity. He ran with it, and he has impressed every time he's been out there. He's a big dude, and he's beaten some decent people. But now it's that step up in class, you know what I'm saying? And now he's taking on Juicy. And, yeah. you know, th- this is a match to see where somebody is at when it right. comes into the pecking order of FSW. It's not wins or losses. You know, everybody thinks, well, oh, no. no, he doesn't need to beat Juicy. But he right. needs to show that he is on that same level or if he's still that one step behind. Because I right. look at Koa as a step behind underneath a Juicy. Juicy's been already a tag team champion. He's a tag team champion in MLW. It's no disrespect to Koa, but it's like there's a lot of young cats that are looking to to jump to that brass ring and that ceiling and whatever the fuck you want to call it, but he's trying to get there. And in certain situations, you see how they are, where they get an opportunity and it's like, okay, how did he do? Oh, he did good. Guess what? Now he, he gets a better opportunity and a better yeah. opportunity. It's the same thing with the student who works at Future Shock. And when Ice Williams worked at Future Shock, his very first match, and the crowd was there because he got them to support him and showed up. And the guy I had him wrestle was like, hey, this is what you need to do for Ice Williams. You give him a little bit, see what he does. If he does good, you give him a little more. And by the end of the match, the crowd, you know, was right there. Ice Williams, oh, he almost won the match. And that catapulted him to being on pretty much every show. And Koa is on the main shows. But where does he stand? You know, there's always a low card, there's a mid card, and there's the main events. And a guy like Jimmy Jacks, another one where, 
you know, he, he, he hasn't won a singles match in FSW. But crowd loves him. Won right. that battle royal, crowd went crazy. Anytime he got that opportunity. Oh, he had a good, oh, it was one of my favorite matches was him and Sharp. Well, of course, he was in there with Gregory Sharp. Yeah. Gregory Sharp makes, you know, he might even make you mad have a good match. You know what I'm saying? Oh. Probably not. Probably not. But he might. Yeah. I, hey, I'm, I'm telling you, Gregory Sharp could could make, uh, you know, make me look good. I'll tell you. Uh, you know. Because he's that damn good right now, um, you know. Is is that uh, for you? Is that a key to when you look at certain matchups and realize that when you put certain guys in who are younger and kind of still trying to feel their way, where a Gregory Sharp is a perfect example of a guy who will uh, push him a little bit, but also will protect him enough so that you're not putting them out there like some promotions will do where it's just, you know, they're basically getting fed to get the guy over. And really that's all the promotion cares about is getting their guy over. Um, where here you have your younger guys who are able to work with guys who are going to, you know, they're, they're going to get the loss, but these, these guys are going to make sure that they look, these kids look good. Is that, an advantage of having guys like uh, Greg Sharp and Remy and Cody and Jacob Austin Young is, I mean, is that just something that is uh, some of the most valuable things that you have amongst the company are the fact that those guys are even Hammerstone as well uh, and Graves. Uh, they just make these guys look good no matter what level those opponents are at. You know, it's almost like the uh, they have them, and it's called the proving ground matches, and, yeah. and and that's what it is. Where it's wherever you're at, a future shock is a proving ground match. Now, there's times a younger kid may get a spot on a high octane, but he is not our concern in that match. Future right. shock, Gregory Sharp isn't my concern. My concern is Demir. My concern was Bodie. My concern is Chase Bell. My concern is now an AJ and these younger guys who are all scratching and clawing. And now they're mad they're not on a show. They right. feel they're ready. And in some cases, some aren't. And in some cases, we've given opportunities to people. And it was like, oh, my goodness, this is fucking horrendous. But Oliver Canada was a guy that eh, I'm not sure about him. You know, he's kind of been in, he's kind of been out. It's been around a while, man. We're going to give this guy an opportunity to sink or swim. So what did he do? He went out and sold 15 tickets. People got behind him. And, you know, he got to work a Cody. He got to work a Sin Bodie. And he got these opportunities and he wouldn't have got those opportunities if he didn't go out there the first time and do everything that he was needed. I believe his first match was against Sin. <clears throat> and the funny thing was, he didn't really get any offense. The crowd was behind him. Sin gave him very, very little, but he sold well. He, he, he didn't look at a place, and it gave him that next opportunity where he might have wrestled a sharp at that time. 
And Sharp, again, he got a little bit more. And, again, he still had the crowd support. So it was like, okay, well, let's get this guy in the mix a little bit more on on the future shock. And we had a couple ideas about some other younger guys about doing some program with him. And, again, I'm the greatest, but I'm not going to show up. I'm not going to help. And it's like, well, that's great. Go be great somewhere else. You know, I'm not putting you on the show. You can't help. You're not around. Sorry. But these guys, Jimmy Jack, you know, they did, which we do a lot more frequently now. We have a TV production class show that uh, started with Spider and Kenny. And they did it. And I remember it was... Kenny called me up and it was like, Hey, so, you know, uh, Demir looked really good and Jimmy Jack looked really good. And Jimmy Jack had come off, uh, COVID and hadn't been around for about three or four months. So he had just started coming back. And I remember, and Jimmy Jack, the next day I'm walking into the building and he's coming right up to me. What do I got to do to get on Future Shock? I'm like, well, have a spot. I have to have a spot for you. Can he put you over? Cards kind of set. Let me see what we can do. Okay. And turned out, I guess I made a great decision. I put him on the show. And I have no idea why the crowd went fucking nuts. Like, I don't have any idea. Like, it isn't like we've seen him for seven shows and he's that lovable loser that everybody wants to get behind. It was like, I think he worked one show at Sin Bodhi's Sunset Park show. Right. That was just a conglomeration of whatever matches just thrown together. Like, that's not our fan base. Like, why are people liking this Jimmy Jack dude? And... Then he got hurt, wrestled somewhere else, wrestled a guy who was as inexperienced as him, which, again, part of the reason why I tell people not to do that, that you're not going to be helpful. You know, Jimmy Jack got to work. Gregory Sharp. Jimmy Jack got to work people who have a clue what professional wrestling is about. Makes Jimmy Jack look better because Jimmy Jack just has to go in there and be a sponge. Well, you can't be a sponge when three match Jimmy Jacks had just as many matches as the guy you're wrestling. Who are you sponging off of? The referees probably got the most experience in that situation. Right. So, you know, you try to give good advice. You hope people listen to advice. You know, you go on Facebook and, and go look at all these name people who pretty much say the same thing as the other name people who have been part of this business for a long time and explaining the value of why you work a show. And probably at the bottom of the list is pay. If you're just working because somebody's paying you, well, you know, then it is what it is. Right. You know, with our, our training, we pride ourselves with, you know, the trainers that we have. You know, talking with D'Lo Brown, he's looking to come back. D'Lo Brown and Sin Bodhi and TJP 
and Kenny King and Chris Bay, along with guys like Cody and, and, and Remy. And it's not only the great trainers, because there's only so much a trainer can do. But when you're working out and you come to class, and not only are those guys there, but Matt Vandegrift's going to be there. and Damian Drake's going to be there. And now Jordan Oasis is over there. And, yep. you know, the list goes on and on. You know, Sky High, TBD, people that are, are going around winning titles all over the West Coast. And now you're dealing with an advanced group of guys, you know, even Nick Xander, Brett the Threat, Nick Bugatti. They're all around. Suavecitos, they, they, they all can wrestle. And now yeah. that's who you're going to be in there with. So when you're Tanaya and you're Chase Bell and you're Demir and even, you know, you're Ricky Tenacious, guys like AJ who are coming along, it's because every day they're going to be in the ring with somebody who's been doing it for 5, 10, 15 years. And, yeah. you know, you can't get better. And it's great. You want to do a one-on-one -on -one with Sin Bodhi? Awesome. But it's a lot better to have six or seven guys in Fresco and Ice and all these guys are all around. And no matter who you're working with, they're all going to be better than you. Yeah. Instead of, okay, well, all these young kids I talked about, they're working with each other where – Nobody knows whether the, what they did was good, bad, indifferent, unless somebody tells them it was a mistake. Right. You know, get in the ring with Gregory Sharp and, and try to go hold for hold for five minutes. You know, he's going to stretch you out yeah. if you don't want to listen and be an idiot. So yeah. you, you have all these people in place. It's like, oh, Greg Sharp. Oh, yeah, he's in New Japan. Oh, well, this guy, he's over in that place. And our yeah. trainers. Oh, Sin's not going to be here this week. Oh, where, where's Sin? Oh, he's training the WWE NXT guys at the Performance Center. Where's TJP? Yeah. Is he coming in? No, he's wrestling in Japan in the uh, in the tag team tournament. And it's yeah. like there is not very many places in the United States that you can go to and have that much talent in the ring at one time. Yeah. Sure, you can go to Dr. Tom's school, but they don't have the wrestlers that have been there done that. Right. And it's great learning from the Dr. Tom and Kane and everybody they got in Rikishi's school. They're more dealing with the youngsters. You yeah. know, we're dealing with everybody. So when other people get good, oh, Chris Bay is going to come in at 9 o'clock. Well, he needs to roll around. So he's going to hit up his boys, and there's Hero Lou, and there's Shogun, and Ice, and and Sefa when it used to be, when Sefa was the guy trying to get signed. Yeah. And all those guys are rolling around together. And, you know, Chris ain't going to be one to be like, oh, yeah, everything you did was fantastic. No, he's going to be blasting you if you're doing stupid shit. Right. And that's the only way you're going to get helped. And, you know... I see our people leave to go to other places and whatever that, you know, that's their choice. But anyone who thinks, Oh, Joe doesn't like me. That's why I'm not the champion. You're out of your fucking mind. It's because you're not good enough. Sure. And not being good enough. Isn't 
a, a horrible thing. It isn't like you're never going to be not good enough, but, you know, sit back and then look who's ahead of you. Yeah. Oh, no limits champion, Jay Vidal, Matt Vandegrift, Jacob Austin Young, Funny Bone, Cody, Remy, Ice Williams, heavyweight champions, Hammerstone, MLW champ, Chris Bay, Impact Tag Champ, Karrion Cross, WWE Superstar, LA Knight, Brian Cage. You know, what do you, what do you want me to tell you? Where, where are you in that mix? Right. Right. And yeah. it's like, I get it. As a wrestler, you have to be confident enough to feel that you're good enough to do it. But feeling you're good enough to do it is not being good enough to do it. Right. You know, work your ass off. You know, put a camera in the FSW training facility and see how often Lacey Ryan was there. Right. See how often Chris Bay was there. You know, there's a reason why you're the opening match in Tamula, California. It's because, hey, I'm part of, I, I trained at FSW. Right. Well, uh, there's a lot of washouts. There's a lot of guys who are happy just to be on a show. Not everybody's going to be great because we trained them. You know, that's fucking ridiculous. But the one, the ones who really want it, you kind of knew early on that this Hammerstone guy was special. The Cross guy was special. The Lacey was special. Chris Bay was special. You know, Jay Vidal, you know, it took him a little while. And he found himself, his niche, and what he wanted to do. And then yeah. he applied, 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 applied. And that's what you got to do. You know, it was like I walked in Monday. And I get it. Students worked hard. You know, we had to be there setting up the ring Thursday. Had to be there all day, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Well, Cody canceled class on Thursday because he thought, which was mistakenly, I wouldn't have canceled the class. Setup was at 1 o'clock. So they were pretty much done by 4 or 5. But he, I, I guess, figured everybody was going to still be at, at, at Sam's Town and everything. So he canceled class. So we had no class Thursday, no class Friday, no class Saturday, no class Sunday. And then Monday, class starts around 6. I left at like 6.45, and there was literally one person there. You know, we ended up with four. But it's like, what are you guys, tired from grabbing guardrails? It's like, you want to be a wrestler. You haven't been there for five days. You would think, hey, getting back in the ring, I get to do what I like to do. And yeah. it's just like, you know, those guys, they can bitch all they want. Sin or Rocky. You know what? You paid to be there. If you choose not to be there, that's on fucking you. But if I don't see you all week, and then you see you're not on the card for Future Shock, well, now you know the reason why. Yeah. It's not my job to lead you to that water. Yeah. Even though we do lead you to the water. But we're not making you drink, and I ain't leading you to the water. You're going to be there? Great. If you're not going to be there, there's times I forget, and I have to look at the student page because it's like I was there four days, and I don't remember seeing you there, Matt, all week. And then right. all of a sudden the show's on Saturday and you're there Friday wondering where your spot is. <laughs> and it's like, well, yeah, you know where your spot is? Against the wall 
And if something happens, you need to make sure it's taken care of. Or, hey, you're going to be grabbing the fucking gear today. It's like, yep. these aren't gifts that are just, this isn't Christmas. Everybody everybody wins. Right. You know, earn, earn your shit. You know, I'll have a guy like, I can't even get to use it. Okay, this guy, Ryan, he worked AEW last week. He was at the Impact tapings. Chris Bay introduced me to him. And they call him the Fonz. And now he's doing the uh, stunt work as the Young Rock on Young Rock. And I've tried to book him like six times. And I can't book him because he's booked everywhere else. And it's like, oh, he's doing this show and he's got a title here. And he's as green as most of our younger future shot guys. But he's put himself out there. He's a big boy. He's humble. He's appreciative. And he knows how to talk to people. So no matter what, even though Rikishi and Toa and Bay said you need to get to FSW, it's like, hey, what about the 4th? Oh, booked. Hey, what about the 10th? Oh, booked. What about February 10th? Oh, booked. And it's like, Nice guy, but I, there's not much I can do. Right. And it's like, well, I'm sorry I can't give you dates in June, you know, right. to lock it up. You know, the, right. it, it is what it is. It's like, hey, we look like we're going to do a casino show April 30th. Oh, Silverton's not available. Well, we can do it the 23rd, Joey says. And it's like, no, because we're doing that first April show the 14th. I'm not going to do a, a show one week and then have a casino show the next week. So, you, you, you know, you can, you can make all the plans you want, but now all of a sudden three of my champions can't make it the 30th. Uh, right. I probably wouldn't run the 30th. You know, the, the, the first thing is getting the date. Then you yeah. get the date and say, as they said, oh, we're open August 20th and August 27th. Hey, Danny Limelight. Which day are you good for? Hey, all right now I'm good for both. Okay, hold the motherfuckers. Right. And it's the same thing with the younger guys. As you said, hey, tag team title match. What about the Suavecitos? Well, they didn't say, hey, Joe, I know you booked March 4th. Uh, somebody hit us up about wanting to do a show. Do you need us? Right. It, it isn't that I sprung it on them on February 24th and they were booked already. It was right. like, or sky high, like, oh, we had a miscommunication. It's like, dude, you know, here's your opportunities right. that may lead to something else. And now you're not going to be there. The fact that you guys are available for future shock really doesn't mean much to me because storylines and things we're setting were happening on high octane. Right. Or at the casino show. So yeah. now that you're available on the 10th, and I don't have something for you. Again, it's like, oh, well, you know, I was available tent. He didn't use me. Oh, well, that's not when I needed you. Yeah. I need you when I need you. Not because you're available. Right. You know, you can make yourself available to your home promotion, just like they do. Yeah. I um, some, some of the best guys canceled on me back in the day, a Willie Mack, a Sean Ricker, all these guys, Brian Cage, because they were working for Marquez, and three weeks before the show, they decided to move the taping to another date. And it was like, even though they took my booking, what am I going to do? Never use them again? That was their first priority. 
And I right. try to explain that to our guys. Just because I don't have the date booked, hit me up about the date. If I think I might be running, then you let them know, and then I'll try to find out as quick as I can. Right. But if you've already took that booking, the fact that I now say I'm running it is not going to be helpful to me. Because now you look bad because you just canceled on that promotion. Instead yeah. of, hey, FSW is my priority. They might be running that day. Uh, he said they're probably not. But just in case, I just want to let you know this. Because I want to communicate well with you. And I don't want to burn any bridges. Right. And then they burn uh, my bridge. So, uh, <laughs> you know. Um, you know, <clears throat> you talk about the opportunities uh, and guys, you know, getting a chance to wrestle. Uh, we're already seeing a lot of uh, posters come out and a lot of uh, guys who are going to be working uh, the WrestleMania weekend because it's in Los Angeles. Uh, what are your concerns in terms of when guys go work something like that where, you know, they might work uh, – three, four, or five shows in the weekend. And do you see that as, A, I mean, obviously it's it's work, that's great, but B, do you see that as potentially being something that could be an ego stickler, meaning that, you know, you might get patted on the back so much here uh, for you know the different shows that are smaller shows that you're doing around a big event and now when you come back after that you kind of feel like oh well i'm a little better than i thought i was and now you got a little bit of an ego trip going on do you see that potentially happening with so many guys being able to be involved in this wrestlemania weekend i don't none whatsoever uh, you know, it, it isn't like 10 guys didn't go to Texas or Florida for WrestleMania. The fact that it's in L.A. just means more guys are going to go. But it also yeah. means there's more guys and girls who aren't going to get booked on shows because there's so many that are going to come from that area. But right. in Texas, how many people from Florida showed up in Texas that wouldn't come to L.A. because it's in Florida? So you're always going to have this huge amount of influx of people coming in. Jay Bidal went down there, and I think if he got on Effie's Gay Brunch, that was the only thing he did. But he tried to get on shows. Yeah. They flew themselves, all these guys, girls, flew themselves to Texas. They flew themselves to Florida. They're going to, you know, fly themselves to L.A. Well, the Vegas crew, there's a lot more that's going to drive there. And there's going right. to be a ton of shows in L.A. like there always is. And... You know, it's it's all glitz and glamour, but, you know, I've seen it. You know, when, when Jay Vidal wrestled in Florida, it was at like 11 o'clock in the morning. And yeah. literally there, there, there wasn't 50 people there. So if yeah. you do have that ego boost, well, then, then again, a person who has humbleness in them will always have humbleness in them. Yeah. There's people who have egos who've done very little in the business, and that's just the way they are naturally. They're cocky, they're douchebag, whatever you want to call them. You know, they're arrogant. And yeah, the, you need to, there's a difference between being uh, an arrogant cocksucker 
than being proud of yourself and being confident in yourself. Right. You know, nobody will confuse Hammerstone with arrogance and confidence. He knows right. what he, you know, when he started, he was always willing to hear what a Kenny King and a Sin Bodhi had to say. He always understood that to get anywhere in this business, number one, yeah, you need to be good, but you need to have people respect you and give a shit about you. Because if you're right. an asshole, you're never going to make it in the business. You know, talked about a guy like Teddy Hart. Teddy Hart, for example, like did good business with me all the time. Yeah. But you hear things and sometimes you heard worse things as the years have progressed. There's a reason why he rubbed people the wrong way, obviously. He was the youngest guy to sign a contract in WWE. And 20 years later, like he never found his way back. Right. And why didn't he find his way back? Because as great as Teddy is as a teacher in the ring with students and as innovative and some of the best matches on our shows were with with Teddy, he was not good with others. So, you know, similar to CM Punk now, like now there's a lot more out of the woodwork, but because he was doing such big things, People are going to overlook it. Shawn Michaels was a fucking asshole. Okay. But he was one of the best in the world. So Vince tolerated it. Yeah. And it's easy to tolerate when you're this giant superstar. And then you are. Look at Tessa Blanchard. People now don't really want to use her. Even right. though the stuff she did was years ago, and when it came out, they still used her. She was the Impact World Champion. And then after the pandemic and then a few more things came out, it was like, you know what? Obviously, she's been a free agent for a long time. Tully was right. in AEW. There's WWE. Like, wow, there's going to be a bidding war for her. But guess what? There was too many people in high places were like, nope, not good for us. Right. And... If that's your attitude, and that's going to be the number one thing that keeps you out of being signed. Because most people aren't the greatest thing in wrestling. So there's a lot of good wrestlers. Well, I I know a lot of great wrestlers. And there's wrestlers I don't want to use because, and again, they might not have a miserable attitude. But they are very dictative of what they want to do. And I don't want to do this and I'm not losing this way. Well, I have somebody who's just as good as you. They're willing to work for a better price than you. And they're going to do what I need them to do. Why would I need you? Right. Yeah. It's like, I'm sorry. You're a good worker and we have good workers here. There's good workers everywhere. There's thousands of really good workers. You know, you can go on AEW Dark and see a bunch of shit. And you can see a bunch of guys that are like, wow, that guy looks really good. And then you never see him again. And then you might see somebody who seems all right, nothing special. But, hey, maybe they must have knocked out that interview, that conversation. When they worked out, they were like, man, that's a person I want in my locker room. Right. You know, go talk to Danny Limelight. Perfect example. AEW. He had to be liked. They gave him Kenny Omega. 
Nobody's giving you Kenny Omega unless they like you. But he told he, – he said it. So I'm not saying anything's different. He had a shitty attitude. You know, he just wanted to party, have a good time. And in the end, you know, they didn't give him that offer that he wanted to be a contracted wrestler in AEW. And maybe that was the thing that helped change the dynamic of the way he was going to be. And and now he's a hot commodity. And what happened in the past, like, again, I'm not, I'm not privy to that information. I thought he just chose to go to MLW. But he's the one who said, you know, he wanted a party, have a good time. And, and sometimes in business, you got to be more businesslike. Yeah. But, you know, he's not 45 years old and he didn't do it for 22 years. And now he's got no shot of making it. He's still young. You learn from your mistakes. And, and that's what needs to be done. When you learn from your mistakes, you're supposed to be given another chance. Right. I give people chances who you think learn from the mistakes, but then you find out later, and eh, they fucking didn't. Because people are also going to say what they need you to believe that that's, I'm saying it in all sincerity, Joe, but you're not, you're full of shit. Yeah. And again, sure, it may buy you another two months, four months, six months, but eventually your shitty attitude is going to come out and that's going to be it. And that's happened with numerous people. I let him come back. I'm a nice guy. I let him come back. Oh, yeah. He was young. He's only 18. He's 22 yeah. now. Then it's like, oh, he's still young. He's only 24. <laughs> but now he's 27. Well, you can't be that way at 35. You can't be that way at 42. Like, eventually, it's not all about you. It's right. not what you want to do. You want to do it? Go start your own fucking company. Make yourself a champion. Probably like 30% of every independent wrestling promotion in this United States is the champion is the guy who pays the bills. Right. So, 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 so wait, how come we haven't seen you with the title yet? Nah, Joey's waiting for me to drop. Once I drop, he'll become the heavyweight champion. Don't worry. Uh, as we wrap up here, you brought up, uh, a, uh, a certain show that, uh, this week uh, had quite a bit of uh, FSW-related talent. Uh, tell us a little bit about the uh, opportunities that people got for AEW Dark this week, because that was pretty exciting to see. Well, I guess on that first episode, AEW Dark, almost every match featured FSW talent. Yeah. You know, the faction wrestled. Uh, good news, my guy Matt Hardy said hello to the faction to say hi to Joe. Wow. You know, so, so it was a good week. I had Matt Hardy and Rikishi say hello to me. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, you know, it's kind of a big deal. People just don't realize it sometimes. And then I saw, you know, uh, Maz worked in a six-woman tag. Yep. And then uh, through Maz, I found out Rochelle got to wrestle. Yeah. And, you know, the thing about AEW Dark, which is a little better than a lot of times, like, you know, it's fantastic for the guys and it's great for them and they get to be an extra in on WWE and they go get to wrestle in a Raw match or a main event match. But odds are they're losing in less than a minute and they're probably not getting one offensive move in and they're just there to get slaughtered, which I guess if you want to be a wrestler and that WWE is willing to use you, it's a big deal for you. But me personally, 
I'd rather watch you on Impact and watch Chris Bay, who's not signed, have a 12-minute match with Daga that goes back and forth, or Lacey Ryan lose to Jordan Grace, who's the women's champion, and she gets 50% of the offense. If I'm looking at talent, hey, Joe, you need to check out this kid, uh, Primo Henio. He's really good. Okay, this is what I need, Primo. You're going to wrestle Hammerstone. Uh, he's going to reverse your move, and he's going to fucking give you the nightmare pendulum, and you're going to lose in 42 seconds. Well, what the fuck am I going to know if this guy's any good or not if right. I don't give him an opportunity to do something? And I've yeah. never understood that policy. You know, I understand right. that there's certain situations where using a student to bring Juicy in to make this guy a monster right. is understandable. Okay, because you're utilizing a, a talent who's nowhere near ready to be on the show. But hey, you know what? You saw in training, he could sell really well, and we need him to make this fucking Toa guy look like a monster. We need jo- Juicy and Toa to demolish this team, and these guys are bouncing all over the place. Totally understandable. But going into AEW Dark, a show that's on YouTube that's going to get you 100,000 viewers. So it's not the biggest deal. It's not on TV. You didn't waste all your money by, oh, well, you know, we're on TV. We got to wrap this up in 45 seconds. It's YouTube. Right. You know, and and you see, you know, the faction got to do some stuff. And it's like, well, isn't the idea to see what they can do? It's funny. I was earlier today. So I'm going through the Facebook and they showed a match. And it was the only match that Lance Von Erich had in Japan. And they showed. And it was the fucking shit. And I guess after that, he didn't even show up. The tour ended, and right. he only wrestled the one match because he basically right. went into hiding and left and tried to get in contact, and they had wanted nothing to do with him. And right. the Japanese guy was there, legitimately got DQ'd and walked out because it was so bad, he just started beating the shit out of him. Yeah. And yep. that's what happens – because the name was Devon Eric, and I guess they were trying to utilize it there. But it's like with the guys, giving them some offense and, and giving them opportunities, and I've seen it, and, and you could tell. And and that's AEW's fault when they do bring in a girl or a guy, and we've seen some of that, you know, little memes that are shit fests that they can't believe how bad it is. It's like, well, did you see tape on this person? Like, I can't legitimately believe that this person was that bad, yet you watched something that made you think he was that good. Right. Right. Like, working out in the ring, you could see the fundamentals suck. You could see the strikes aren't very good. Like, how did this person get put on a show? Right. And, and you And you question that. And the thing is, a guy like Toa... The very first match he had, I forgot who he teamed up with, but they wrestled FTR. And all of a sudden, right. I'm watching the match, and, like, Toa's fucking cleaning house. Like, they didn't say, hey, here's this big – we'll make him a star later. Here's this 350-pound Samoan. Let's have FTR beat him up in 23 seconds. Right. Like, hey, there's this big monster dude who is green, and we all knew it, but let's see what he can do. And I was like, oh, wow, we're going to bring him back, and we're going to bring him back. And then within three months, it was like, hey, here, here's a contract. Here's a contract, Toa. Yeah. And and we lose out. 
because we knew what we had. And right. unfortunately, sometimes that's how it's meant to be. There's a guy out of uh, Arizona. He worked for us like once, Bryce Saturn. And his job was to get killed by Lance Hoyt, but it appeared on Rampage. Like Lance Hoyt had been gone forever. He came back with Jake the Snake. The guy's six foot eight. He can't look vulnerable against Bryce Saturn. But the difference is the pay for Rampage is way better than the pay for YouTube. So it's like, hey, this is what we need from you. Well, his job was to now sell his ass off and be a guy that they say, man, we can really utilize this guy. The way he sells is fantastic. Right. He was put in that position. But it's a lot harder for him than it is for Ice and Braxton because they're going to be allowed to do stuff. Right. It's like, hey, I got my opportunity. What's going on? Oh, yeah, three moves, you're done. You're losing in 42 seconds. You're like, yay. Fantastic. (laughs) Now I can't wait to go on Facebook. Oh, this is great. And it's like, well, I guess it is. Thank thank you, AEW, for the opportunity. Thank you, WWE. Um, and I think if I'm not mistaken too, EJ Sparks was also on dark, uh, as well. So you, you have quite a few, uh, that were lined up this week. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not, I'm not laying claim to EJ Sparks. I know you're not laying claim, but you know, for, for the, for the, uh, just the fact that, you know, I use Devin Daniels way more than I used EJ Sparks. But you're using him more now with the regulators. Oh, no, uh, absolutely. You know? They're going to be they're booked on the fourth and the tenth. I'll tell you yeah. what, Evan Daniels is jacked. It, no shit, right? <laughs> you see that picture? Or, today? or is it Daniel? Or is it Daniel Evans? I heard. Change his name. Oh man! Uh, any final thoughts uh, before we uh, say goodbye? Evan Daniels will be back in an FSW ring before the year is over. Is, is Are you going to use him and uh, RC3 together, the, the tag team? I said Evan Daniels. <laughs> Don't put words in my mouth. Don't add people to the mix. I got 108 guys looking for 24 spots. Do I got to go to 110 and not 109? I just gave you a tag team, though. Come on, man. You need tag teams desperately. We use them. We got tag teams. Didn't you hear about the new tag team? Ricky Tenacious and Brandon G. Greatness and Tenacious. It's not a new tag team. Oh. Uh, Chase Bell and Demir. Uh, Joey wants to have them uh, the third incarnation of Heaven and Hell. Formerly Tyson Tyler and Andrew Hellman was the original indoctrination then the second one i think was lethal lee and dexter verity names from the past yeah dexter verity was an fsw arizona tag team champion i might say with val venus with val venus and we unified unified the belts at samstown so dexter was really good on the microphone i like i liked his uh I like I liked his gimmick. Good talker. Yeah, absolutely. I think he joined the priesthood. I don't know. <laughs> uh, re- reminder, uh, FSW Network, $6.99 a month. You can uh, catch this uh, show on Saturday, March 4th. Uh, two weeks in a row. You can watch it live two weeks in a row. 
Yep, and then you can see uh, the Future Shock on the uh, Friday the 10th. So uh, check it out. And uh, if you're in town and you uh, haven't gotten tickets, reach out and get your tickets for the 4th. FSWVegas.com. Yep, and uh, again, uh, Mecca tickets uh, probably as this airs are going to be on sale this afternoon. Be on sale. You know, my guy Garth already pre-purchased ten front row, baby. And uh, and well, you, you can uh, you can ask Garth too to uh, get you your front row tickets. Apparently, then go through go huh? through him. You know, I'm 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 assuming that oh, you know, you know, if if uh, if people if if people want, they could probably ask Garth, and he probably you know. Sell them at a different rate to them, you know. Well, we gave him the uh, you know ten ticket discount, so you know, the kind of guy that I am. But he'll also be a sponsor of the event, so you know. Right. Shout out to Garth. Uh, also That's looking for a sponsor offer to you. I forgot the third match that we have announced: Jay Vidal versus Effie. Yep. Yep. We're going to be talking. Brian from Las Vegas Wrestling Sneed sniffing around. I want to give you that first opportunity. Just saying. Yeah. You know, that guy bamboozles and shows up on my radio show on Sunday morning. Why are you taking away from my talk time, Brian? I don't write articles about Vegas wrestling. Why does he need to step on my toes? Yeah, well, that's that's the whole thing, you know. Um, well, if he wants yeah. a sponsor, then I'll let him. You know, he throw me some cash, then I'll let him do it. But you know, I'm a little offended. Well, let's see. That's you got to start charging. Uh, you got to start charging the uh, the fee for appearing on the show on the radio show. You know, it might be called the Mark Hoke Show, but everybody knows it's the Joe DeFalco Show. It's like that's obvious. <laughs> Man. Everybody trying to get the rub, man. You know what I'm saying? I know, man. I know. I I, I give you credit. You were the guy, the first one to reach out and said, we need ratings history. We need to get Joe DeFalco on the show. Now everybody tries to jump on the Vegas bad boy bandwagon. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's, and that's how it should be. Right. Because we got show. Maybe the Mark Hope show should spend money and sponsor, uh, one of our events, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I th- I think so. He wants I think free so. tickets? He doesn't give me no money. What's you know? I think we need to renegotiate shit. Yeah, I think you got a, you got a bad deal there. You definitely got to look into. Uh, I mean, he's he's got studio money, man. He's got he's got uh, you know. A- yeah, he AM probably pay, he probably pays big bucks to be on that air. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but everyone, thank you for tuning in, man. Um, and again, uh, check out uh, this Saturday, uh, 7 p.m. at the FSW Arena. And I will uh, be there. I didn't even mention Cutthroat Cody will be there. The young prodigy Bodie will be there. Damian Drake will be there. Primo Henio will be there. So, stacked. Yeah, yeah, it's stacked. Stacked. So, it's always stacked now. There's so many. It's like there's so many good people. It's like, yeah. oh, who's not going to be on the show? And then right. if you say who's not going to be on the show, like a Hammerstone, 
a Graves, a Matt Vandegrift, a Jay Vidal. You know, a few years ago, you say six or seven names like that, you're like, oh, it's probably in a pretty lame card. But it's like, class is now back full time. You know, all these guys, man. And Jay Vidal's booked for the uh, the Mecca. And, you know, some names from the past. Hopefully, there won't be travel issues, but Team Filthy, who obviously won't have a travel issue. Then again, he could. He's coming from Chicago the day before. But, you know, there's a good chance that the uh, the the heavyweight and tag champion, Lights Camera Faction, may be wrestling in a six-man tag against Team Filthy, Royce Isaacs, Jarrell Nelson, and Tom Long. Wow. So, so that's in the cards. Still trying to figure it out because we got the Gates of Agony, Toa Leona, and Khan 